Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous. Together we are finding joy in the journey of life, and today we have Adam Powley with us, and we are talking about this wonderful, like, one-word topic of gratitude this week, and I just think it fits really well with this month, and Adam actually reached out and said, I think this would be a good topic, and I was like, heck yeah. And we instantly sat down and started to like record this show. So without further ado, for those that are new to Well Played, Adam, could you please introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thanks for having me on again. Um, I'm Adam Powley, and I am an 11th grade U.S. history teacher in South Carolina. And uh, I have a, a blog and a, a newly emerging vlog at uh, classroompowerups.com. And uh, I, this this month, I've, I've reached out to a bunch of people to uh, share uh, my small platform uh, and and hopefully let them reach a new audience and, and hopefully we can share our audiences a little bit and and talk about this idea of gratitude. Adam is uh, being very, very like humble here. Your website uh, and your new emerging blog are both power you know power packed with great ideas, great walkthroughs and even just reading some of your blogs, anybody couldn't help but get kind of inspired to either create their own thing or follow it in your footsteps. So it is thank you very much. Awesome resource. Glad to have you on. Uh, Adam's been on quite a bit. So like if you love this episode, go check through the 80 other episodes. You'll find him sprinkled throughout really good stuff. So speaking of that, like I'm grateful for kind of the like PLN that's out there, right? This, the, I, I was talking this weekend with some of my friends that we live in, in such an incredible time. Like I was just trying to picture my trajectory as a teacher if I lived in a time that didn't have that kind of <laughs> connectivity with things like blogs and vlogs and Twitter and YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I'm incredibly grateful for that kind of connectivity. Oh, yeah. I, I remember I think I'm going on year six of being a, a gamified teacher. And I remember getting asked the question, who else is doing this? And at, at the time, I had no idea that any other teacher was was really going along this journey. Um, I, I was learning from um, like economics courses through uh, University of Pennsylvania or something. Uh, so I was learning all this idea of gamification through the business world. And I just happened to be, you know, step by step just for like, uh, little, little page by page, finding little hashtags, and and all of a sudden I I kind of found my my PLN my my tribe. And uh, when I'm having a bad day, or when I'm thinking that uh, I just kind of want to give up on educational Twitter, there's there's always uh, XP Lab or Games for Ed or any of these gamification sites where everyone's very positive and they're always very helpful. It's a, there's there's not a lot of not a lot of people that are uh, boasting about what they're doing. It's all personal reflection and trying to help each other out. It's fantastic. Yeah. The communities that are out there really, I mean, almost all, I like to say that like us game of fires are a special breed an awesome breed, but I really feel like welcome <clears throat> that, um, you know, so many Twitter chats and whatnot. And I think the XP lap community and the games for Red community, they're filled with like, what inspires me and what I'm grateful for is they're filled with like doers. Like you yeah. just, I just get so excited because there are people expressing their excitement and their joy. And you know that like from my YouTube channel, 
really like I try to focus on like the things that bring joy in our lives and bring that into our classrooms and games just do such a great job of that. Gamification does just a great job of that. And to hear people, you know, enthusiastically through their 280 characters express like their ideas and, and, and kind of how excited their kids were. I, oh, I, I love, I love when they share pictures. I know. So they're like always, that, yeah, that window. Here's, here's, here's an item I created. Or here's a picture of uh, them doing a breakout game. It's I love seeing being able to see into their other rooms. Yeah, so I'm grateful for the technology for that reason. Yeah, and like if you're listening to this, like, I mean, it's so true. Like that that image, whether it's a picture of kids in your classroom or that thing that you create for your game, whether it be an item, a badge, or whatever. Please, like, continue to post that because that inspires all of us. Like, uh, Adam, Adam, and me, like who gamify a ton, I get inspired by that. I'm like, ah, man, that was a great idea. Or, yeah, I should make another, like, item or badge. So, like, I'm grateful for those posts, for how it impacts me, and I know fully well it, like, impacts others. Oh, and it just makes me smile, thinking that uh, something that one of us put out in the world has, you know, had that trickle-down effect, and somebody else is using it, too. And yeah. uh, that it, it reflects right back, and then I get inspired to, to help create something else. Yeah, that's like that's sort of the magic of gratitude, right? It's that moment of like reflection and thinking through what you have and sort of counting your blessings instead of like counting mm. your bruises. That's a great way to put it. Uh, yeah, one of the things I was thinking about when um, at the beginning of the month, I, I wanted to do something where um, people could share on my blog and, and I'd be able to, you know, post to a different audience and, and their blogs. And, and it made me start thinking about um, the tradition that my family has for Thanksgiving, um, where before anybody can eat turkeys on the table, the sweet potato casserole just smells fantastic. Uh, but before we can eat, we, uh, we have to have like all 25, 30 people that are at the table have to go around and say something that they're thankful for. And we've had years where you know, there's been cancer diagnosis, deaths in the family, but every year somebody finds something to be thankful for. And even in the worst of the years, there's some way to, 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 to rise up, you know, that everybody walks, you know, car starts carving that turkey with a smile and, and they might be through tears, but there's always some reason to be, to be happy. And I think that it's really easy in our profession to forget that there's always something good happening, right? Nobody ever thinks about the, you know, the, the kids that are working through things that are really making gains. You know, we think about the ones that, um, you know, we go home and, and we're having a hard time with. Um, so I wanted to, to think about this as my family table where we can all kind of sit around and say the things that we're grateful for and, and walk away feeling blessed, I think is the right word for them. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I mean, I'll share a little personal story. My daughter, Myla, and I, uh, when I have her, um, and I'm putting her to bed. She she just turned eight, and we uh, kind of a tradition either at the dinner table or, like I said, when I'm putting her down, we uh, we do roses and thorns, which I think you may have heard of, right? Like, yeah, I, I used to use that. Yeah. Right. So like we the the general idea there is you don't have to have a thorn, but you should be able to find a rose, and you sort of talk about like the good things in your day. You can have more. You can have as many roses as you want. Um, and, uh, then my daughter, I thought was really cute. She added about a year ago. She's like, well, can we have roses, thorns 
and rose buds. And I was like, well, what's a rosebud? And she's like, this is the things I'm excited about that are coming up tomorrow. And I, I thought that was really cool to be like grateful for what you have, as well as like this, this sort of grateful for the opportunities that lie ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Um, we do a similar thing. Um, a lot of times before dinner, um, well, we have long days and we ask our boys, you know, what's something uh, good that happened today? Uh, recently, we started asking them, what's one thing that you did to make the world a little better? So that puts them in a mindset where they're tired and cranky from school. But now they're like, OK, we did do something positive and, and we are helping to make the world a better place. So I like that. That's nice. Yeah. So I mean, like, I, I br- borrowed that from somebody. I don't remember who. <laughs> <laughs> the Internet. Credit the Internet. It's It's the Internet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, that's just it. Like, I think we can get so wrapped up in our busy lives and sometimes so frustrated by the way we want things. Like, and it even can come from a good place. It can be out of our passions that we want our classrooms to be different, our schools to be different, decisions to be different. Um, and that drive to, to do that, to, to make the world a better place on your timeline, on your schedule, uh, can be tough, but it's that, it's that reflective piece of gratitude that, that, that calming moment where you, you think through like, oh, but there has been gains made. Like we are probably moving towards the thing that you're trying to get us all to move towards. It's just not happening at the speed you Mm -hmm. want. I, I gotta remember that myself. Yeah, I, I went through that a couple of weeks ago. Um, I have one class. It's my biggest class. And the way our schedules lay out, students tend to cluster throughout the day. And uh, this third block class, I was just, everything I was trying to do was just falling flat on its face. I had this whole battle mechanic system that I was really excited about. And it was just, it wasn't working. And I felt myself getting frustrated that they weren't into it. And I started thinking back uh, two weeks ago now. I started thinking, you know, what is going well? And I started realizing that some of the kids were doing things with uh, my my little mock currency that I wasn't expecting. They were actually um, gambling with it, <laughs> which maybe that's not the best thing to, that I should be happy about. But uh, they were excited about the little silver system, which I have, which is just these little tickets that they can buy like items with. Um, they weren't into the battle mechanics. They didn't want to fight each other. They didn't want to have competition. But they were like rolling dice and uh, kind of gambling with my little silver bits. So um, I reworked uh, on the fly, just reworked um, a whole system where instead of battling each other, um, they they roll the dice. And I used this last year. And they take a little 10-question quiz. And if they can beat their 10-sided die roll, they, they win a bonus. And that has really pulled them in on that little battle mechanic review that I wanted. So uh, that, that opportunity to step back, pause, and reflect, uh, which I've been thinking about is like hitting a reset button. Um, we're just, we have that opportunity so often that I think we forget that every day is a new day, every semester is a new semester, every year is a new year, and we can really just think about what we're doing and we can change. And that's the beauty of, of sort of the gamified system and and I know we both talked about it in the past that it's not one game it's many games that we're always playing yeah and you're tying in different systems and trying new things and and kids are okay and they're responsive to us trying those new things uh 
and I swear, I, mean, I have zero data to back this up. Sample size one. That's my classroom. <laughs> but I, uh, I really believe that kids are more agile in a gamified class. Like they're able to, if I all of a sudden say we're gonna start this new tech tool, like they're they're all in and they're fine. When you sort of wrap it in that gamified experience, uh, previously it would, it, I always sort of felt locked in like, well, these are the tools that I'm using this year. I've trained them on these tools. I'll try that new tool next year. Um, mm -hmm. And since gamifying, I don't feel that way. Uh, and I'm grateful there's for a, that, right? I'm grateful for, for that experience. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a, uh, a shared common purpose. Like... If he's doing this to us, there must be a reason for it. It's not just because they, you know, found something last night that he wants to throw at us. It's uh, there, there's a a mission element to it, which I I find with my students too that um, they might feel like guinea pigs at time, but they always feel like they're being part of a a bigger goal, which is great. Yeah, I uh, I really love it. I love I love this. I love gamification a lot. I love the communities that's been built. Uh, and when we talk about gratitude, another thing that I just have to say that I'm super thankful for is the the opportunity to work with children on a daily basis. And I'm thinking about my middle school students. You know, you just told the story about like hitting that reset button and how every like semester is a new opportunity. Like in middle school, truly truly every day is a new opportunity i mean like those kids if you come in with a positive attitude and you're just like really joyous and you light up the room it's amazing like some kids that you haven't connected with all of a sudden perk up and you know they see it as a new opportunity it's a new day and that's pretty cool yeah that was a hard lesson learned for me um when i feel like i really started to become more of a master teacher was understanding that um, authenticity is important, uh, being your true self as much as possible, and then realizing that the students are coming in, they, they're not blank slates, that, that they have stuff going on in their lives. And, and the more positive you can be when they walk in the door, the more open they are to being with you and yeah. to, to helping you get through rough patches. <laughs> so That's true. And I think... Yeah. We, as educators, too, we're, we're so passionate about the whole child and, and, and our whole community. I think, like you said, you, you put it well before when you said we can focus on those, like, really, ultimately, like, small percentage of our students that it's not sort of working for whatever it may be. You know, it could be their struggles because of learning challenges, could be it because of family challenges. It could be because of you and like, <laughs> like whatever the challenge may be. Yeah. We can get really hung up on those, like two or three students. I'm in the middle of parent teacher conferences this week. And you know, you, I have had countless great ones, you know, parents just gushing that their kid loves it or parents gushing that they love it, that they've never seen their kids. So inspired, so excited, like good one. after good one after good one. But like, you know, it only takes one, like one, one bad one, and that's like all you'll go home and think about is that one bad one. And you, you don't always stop and think like, wait a minute, I had all these other, <laughs> why am I not sitting here dwelling on like, oh man, that was awesome that that parent said that great thing. Right. 
Yeah, I think we definitely need as teachers to, to give ourselves a little bit of that idea of uh, free to fail, that uh, the thing about being free to fail doesn't mean that you fail and then stop. You fail and then try to fix it. And I, I think that sometimes we try to be too perfect every time and not realize that there is a possibility for growth even within uh, veteran teachers. So Yeah, I had a parent talk to me that said, their child's putting like a ton of pressure on themselves and they're and they're like, we don't know where it's coming from because like we're not like we just want him to be happy and we want him to do his best, but like we're not like beating him over the head with it. <clears throat> and I shared with them, you know, what would be a powerful sort of thing to do with your son. I was talking to the dad, that like he should sometime not connected to grades, not when his son's having a bad day, just as like a random out to dinner conversation, tell him about some of his failures because mm-hmm. his dad's a successful engineer now, right? So like to a sixth grade perspective, he just sees his dad doing like right thing after right thing after right thing. He sees his mom doing right thing after right thing after right thing. Goes to school, hopefully sees a bunch of teachers do the right thing, right thing, right thing, you know? And like he doesn't realize he's seen... I don't want to say the end product because we're always growing, but you know what I mean? Like he's seen right, that right. polished more version. Polished. Yeah. Right. Like, and he just doesn't recognize that like you're at the start of your journey and man, I, my, I didn't, I wasn't doing this at the start of my journey. Your dad wasn't doing that at the start of his journey. And, and the dad really was kind of lit up and, and was kind of excited about this, this angle he could take. Right. And mm-hmm. you could just tell that he was, to kind of go back to the topic of what we're talking about here, grateful for the relationship he has with his son and this possible new opportunity to sort of like help his son through that. Yeah. We've, uh, I'm not sure what grade your daughter's in. My, my eight year old is big number two. Yeah. My, my year old's going into third grade. It's the first year in South Carolina where they do standardized tests. So it's a transition from that second grade idea of like, a lot of uh, projects and a lot of like sure. learning. They get carrots instead of numbers on their report card, and um, he's he's learning how to play that game of school to get the good grades. And we had to have a conversation with him that uh, you know you get a bad grade on a quiz, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. That it's um, you know you're you're learning, you're growing. Uh, it doesn't tell us anything about your worth as a person. So I'm, I'm grateful that, uh, that message I think is, is setting in and he's trying hard. Um, that that's not what we said was, you know, grades are bad, but, um, that, that, that number on your test score doesn't determine your worth as a person. Sure, and that's a message. You. Yeah. It's a message I try to tell even to my 11th graders that yes, I want you to do well on the test, but I'm not going to treat you any less, even if you get a, a poor score. So that's awesome. That's yeah. like. That's some good parenting advice right there, you know. I was I often think like parents sometimes need to hear like even those little coaching moments where like I think us teachers get naturally cuz we deal with students and we deliver that kind of message all the time. But some parents get a that report card and they then they react in a way that sort of gets the kids nervous. Even if they're not like even if the parent is okay with them but man that that facial expression man that instantaneous sort of shock and surprise like whatever goes over them that sets the course that sets the tone from that child's perspective 
So oh yeah, uh, it's the the unwritten expectations, right? Like we talk about written rules in our curriculums and in our syllabus, but there's always that that set of unwritten expectations and rules that that are more important, I think, than than the ones that are actually said out loud. I think that's what you're we're kind of getting at. Yeah, no, that's so true, so true. <laughs> uh, I was thinking too, as part of this discussion here on gratitude. Uh, I know there's gratitude snaps. That's like a thing, like where you sort of take a little photo and a little message of things you're grateful for. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a friend of mine, Nick Davis, on Twitter. He's at Slapshot99. Yeah. Great guy. And I just want to give like a shout out to him. Nick started last year, Teachers with Cameras, uh, hashtag. And... Like, I'm really grateful that he put himself out there. He loves photography, loves videography, loves toying with all that. And he puts this out there. And it and it's a little bit like gratitude snaps in that he gives you like a weekly assignment. And I'm just so grateful for creator creators like him that put things out there that make us pause. Like, I that's one of the things I love about photography, even if it's with your iPhone. Just these like weekly challenges he puts out makes you stop and think like, oh yeah, like today I'm supposed to do a black and white of something or every day I'm supposed to do a black and white. And then you want to do like something different and it makes you see the world in a different way. It, it expands your your vision of what's in front of you. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what gratitude does, right? Like it just lets us see the world in a little different way. And then it kind of makes the other ways we see the world that much better. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the idea of gratitude is not about uh, saying thank you as much as it is realizing what you have that you should be thankful for. So, I mean, that we, we start off dinner with a, you know, saying thank you to God and our family, you know, mm-hmm. have our blessing. And and that's as much saying thank you as it is reminding ourselves what there is to be thankful for. And, and that sounds like really what you're talking about with Nick and his, his pictures is just uh, putting a frame around the daily ideas that, that are uh, in a disorganized, chaotic world. It's, it's really focusing it in. No, I like it. And then like another one, a uh, very close friend of mine, Carrie Bacham, does those idea floods from her YouTube channel. And just that same thing. She gives you a topic to sort of draw and sketch about. And it, doesn't, it almost doesn't matter to me what the topic is. It's that moment where I'm going to sit and I'm going to stop what I'm doing in that chaotic world like you're talking about. And I'm grateful for creators like her putting it out, but also grateful for that moment, that moment of like, I don't know, noiseless moment where you're just sort of focused on that activity. Kind of like meditation. A little bit. Yeah. And I love it. So, you know, two things that I am definitely thankful for, two wonderful people I'm glad to have in my PLN. Well, I have a lot of people that I'm grateful for as well. I mean, if we're going to talk about people in our, our learning networks, um, a lot of mine is not digital. I mean, I, I have people that I absolutely love uh, through Twitter, and and you've mentioned a couple of already. I, I don't want to go through the list because I don't want to no, leave no, anybody no. out. This is but, true. <laughs> That's not what we're turning this into. There's lots of have, that we both could oh, name. Oh, yeah, and they tag me on things, and I love it. Um, less Twitter-based, but even in my building, uh, my principal has been open to everything that I have ever proposed um, her name is uh, Candy Fleming. Uh, 
you can find her on Twitter. She's great. Um, she, she, uh, her only question is, is it good for the kids? And when I say yes, she says, go ahead and do it. Um, my curriculum coaches and, and media specialists, um, they come into my room frequently and, and watch and give me feedback, which is great. Um, my, uh, Miss Richie, who's the media specialist, she does improv and I'm working on her getting her into interviewer for my vlog where, uh, her philosophy is yes. And this is the idea of uh, improv. Improv, like, I love it. Yes. And we're going to do this. So I, I proposed that I can't remember what we were going to do, but I said, Hey, can you come in and, uh, do you want to be one of the characters in my, in my, uh, narrative? And she's like, yes. And I'm going to act, you know? So she just added some extra dimension to it. So um, everybody in it. school is just fantastic. And, and I love where I work and I, I couldn't be more grateful to find this, this home. That makes, uh, that makes the job that much better. It, it makes it not really a job. I think it makes it a career. Oh yeah. Easily. Right. So that's yeah. just, that's awesome to hear. I absolutely love the school I work at too. And there's some phenomenal people that are on Twitter and some that are not, uh, but just a fantastic talent pool there. And, and I think truly that teachers that you can find that like everywhere, maybe it's not the same percentage and combination or personalities that we have at our two schools, but everywhere there's just good people doing good work. And mm -hmm. as your principal says, and, it, and it's good for the kids, yep. you know, that's can't really be said better. That's pretty awesome. So we have, uh, a gratitude sort of challenge from you this month on your blog, right? Yeah. I, well, I, I put a call out to a bunch of writers that I know, and uh, I I asked if they would like to use my space to to post things out. Um, so I've I've gotten almost a dozen or so different people that I I really know and respect, and they're they've they've made some things that that they can post on my site and they're going to share everybody else's on there. So if you want to check those out, you can uh, come to classroompowerups.com and and read those. Um I tried to keep the theme very open at gratitude. Um and I mentioned in my first blog that uh, there's so many personal things I can mention about being grateful for. Um you know, I have a wonderful family. Um I I mentioned in my blog that in my blog that uh you know, my wife and I suffered for years through infertility and uh, we started our family through adoption, and we're very open about that. And we're just grateful that uh, we were able to adopt Wesley, and that um, you know we we have biological kids now, Ben and and uh, Gabriel, and you know we're very open with that. So we could go on and on with with that, that gratitude of of being thankful for that. Uh, I try to keep it more professional oriented and, and talk about the things I'm grateful for there. Um, so uh, we've had people writing about uh, their their PLNs, and we have people that have been talking about uh, being thankful for stress. Um, it's, I have really found it interesting some of the common themes that are coming up. So, um, in, in the idea that, um, it's okay to have a little bit of stress. It's good to have people to fall back on and, and it's good to start every day, new, new day fresh. Um, so I would love for everybody to come and check those out. Check them out. Uh, I am currently working on my, my vlog post for it, but I would imagine by the time this airs, it will be out. So Check I can't wait out. to see it. Check that out as well. Now I definitely have the pressure to get it done. <laughs> I was like, I don't oh, you're know. On tape. I'm on tape. Like, <laughs> hold me to it. If you don't see one on gratitude on my YouTube channel and Adam's blog, uh, feel free to uh, call me out on Twitter, everyone. 
that's well if there's if there's fine. a weird edit but right I, now <laughs> but on the flip side on the flip side if it is there watch it and i would love for you to like subscribe and comment you know i would be grateful for that <laughs> and i would be grateful as well <laughs> <laughs> so uh well we are at the time where we're going to do some reflection time of our own here on the show and we have a fantastic quote here and i'm curious if you would like to go first on this or second on this uh i i can go first if you want boom you're gonna have to read the quote though because i'm trying to remember uh alphonse carr says about sort of this notion of gratitude some people are always grumbling because roses have thorns I am thankful that thorns have roses. Ah, uh, yes. The, the French literature uh, critic, I believe. That's right. Mr. That's right. I, I think that's correct. <laughs> um, that reminded me a lot when I heard that one. Uh, we have sort of a running joke in my school uh, that there's no such thing as a problem, only opportunities. And that... Um, <laughs> that's usually something that's told to us right before we're told that we have to go and fix something. Um, <laughs> but it, it usually turns out that the solution to whatever the problem is, is brilliant or it solves a problem that we didn't know was even there. Um, that's actually kind of how I came up with game of uh, gamification in my class was um, I was told that my, my test scores needed to improve and um you know, not in a threatening way, but we had to find a way to get the kids more engaged so that we could, you know, get that end of the course test uh, up higher. And uh, just looking around and, and realizing that that was an opportunity to try something new. And where people were seeing thorns, we had this terrible, horrible test. We were able to go and find this beautiful thing of engagement that moves us beyond the test. Mm-hmm. And we can do things that... Uh, we didn't think were possible before. I love it. So that's my my thorn or my my rose bush there. <laughs> uh, for me, the quote is all about perspective and something that I think we should all try to keep in mind. I I try myself to keep things in perspective. I had a college roommate that every time I was super nervous. This guy's one of the smartest guys I ever met. Uh, but he he contextualized things. He gave me this right perspective, and I still hear, sadly, like decades later from Kalsh. Uh, I still remember this, and he had two things. He said, uh, one, is the thing that you're worried about right now going to matter in five years? And most of the time, the answer is no. Like, it's, it's this, like, stress that I have today or this week. Uh, and then the other one is, you're not doing anything that tens of thousands if not millions of people have done before you like if it was truly as egregious as you feel or as clandestine as you feel that it would have been changed right like when when you're like oh my gosh i have this huge like term paper this is so on there's no way i can get it done like (laughs) everybody's got term paper like right like they would have changed that like college would have stopped that or oh my gosh i have ap tests coming up like if AP tests like were that horrible and only like 1% of kids, they would have changed it. Like it's clearly, it's not as like terrible as you think. Uh, and, and the more I'm able to keep that perspective in mind, the more I'm able to see 
the the thorns having roses that I like, you know, I do have some good skill sets. I have some good notes. I have a great study group, whatever the case may be back in college. Uh, you're kind of like, it's going to be okay. There's like a peace that comes over you and you're able to like tackle that big challenge and you're able to smell the roses and maybe even avoid some of the thorns. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, a lot of the things that uh, we think are obstacles unable to be overcome are really things that have been challenged before. Yeah. It's a great perspective to have. And pretty good from like a 19 year old. Like, Hey, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Adam, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me on again. Uh, it's uh, always a pleasure having you here and everyone else. Thank you so much for listening this week, every other week. If you're new, you know, check out uh, MrMatera.com. You can get all of the 80-plus episodes of Well Played on there, as well as links to my YouTube channel, other things, blog posts, merchandise. We got it all. So saw Star Wars one I had my eye on. <laughs> so, as always, guys, thank you so much. It's truly an honor. I am grateful for you. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving and just a great, great week.